Welcome, welcome, welcome to the, hold on, wait for it, 74th episode of Law School in Brief, the last ever first day of school edition, the everybody has a job edition, Um, and in, (laughs) in the spirit of thinking about our last first day of school, Lydia and I dipped decided, I suppose, to bring you um, an experiential listening scenario wherein we're going to throw it back to the very first episode of Law School in Brief, where Lydia was sitting in an airport and we were both using iPhone headphones. Um, We didn't know anything about sound quality. And so if you listen to that episode, you'll hear a lot of background noise, a lot of cutting in and out, and um, a person who worked for like American Airlines calling people at the (laughs) gate over and over and over again. This is a very long-winded way of saying Lydia's connection is a little weird today. We've been talking for the last eh, 30 minutes off air and uh, we're not totally confident that everything she's going to say is going to be audible. So just bear with us. Uh, I know. Just just fill in the gaps with your imagination. Mm. Y'all are smart. If you're in law school, you got this. Even if you're not in law school, you're probably also smart because you are listening to this podcast. You clicked Ooh, play. yes. 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 <laughs> so, Lydia, since hey, the last hey. time we recorded, I think it's been about a month, which is atypical. Oops. <laughs> what has happened in the last month? Did you hang out with anyone really cool or anything or what? No. Just kidding. <laughs> I got to hang out with Megan. Everybody, we we hung out in Charlotte, North Carolina. Megan drove all the way there. Um and we got to hang out at my mom's house and shout out to make, Betsy. Make breakfast together and we did very briefly think about recording something, but it was just so nice to like be hanging out in person for the first time in years that we didn't. I'm sure you all can understand. I mean, I had a brief notion that maybe we'll record a like tarot session and just make it like a very weird episode, but then we didn't because I didn't have my good tarot deck. I had to use a different tarot deck. It was still spot okay. on. So if the listener, if the listeners at home are are hearing the audio quality the way I am, dang it, some stuff cut out after tarot session. But I can assure you, it's probably not a good thing that we recorded the tarot session because the cards did not have favorable things to say for Lydia. They really didn't. For everyone else, they were great. Not for me. Well, Kathleen did get that clouded joy reading, but we can joy. save that. To joy, it had joy. Clouded, yes. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. But let's not air out Lil Bud's laundry. (laughs) She'd probably want to keep her tarot card reading to herself. Yes, yes. So that was was so nice. It was the highlight of my summer, and I'm not just saying that. Lydia and I had not seen each other since before we started law school in person. Thank you to the pandemic and to law school. (laughs) Yeah. So this was long overdue. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Chicken soup for the soul. Mm. Um, but we, okay, so today we're actually going to work. So here's the format for our episode today. 
Um, have a couple shout outs, some announcements. We're going to do our typical highs and lows. And then we're actually going to go into, again, a little bit of a throwback um, to talk about how to brief cases, take notes, and some outlining. Um, I promise it's not going to be as boring as it sounds, but we did get a specific request from a Twitter follower named Eric Incognito. I do not think this is this person's real name, um, who <laughs> said that they started law school, I think, like two weeks ago at this point, maybe a week ago, and they specifically asked us to do this. So shout out to Eric Incognito and to... <laughs> Whoa, you were so quick with the air horn. Thank you. Eric earned it. I'm so impressed. Okay. <laughs> Oops. Just little like fart air horn noises. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, so shout out to anybody who is starting law school, who's starting a new year of law school, who's starting their last year of law school, to people who took the LSAT in August, like y'all are kicking ass. And we're doing it. Yes. Um, I also just want to... So on this podcast, we've only had a few guests. Like, you could probably count on one hand how many guests we've had. And there have been some recurring characters. I call them characters as though they are fictional. They are, in fact, <laughs> non-fictional. They live lives. They walk the earth. Their names are Brittany and Billy. Um, <laughs> and Lydia and myself. And uh, I just wanted to say... Uh, congratulations to all four of us because as of the date of this recording, we have all secured post-graduation employment. Whew. Wow, that wasn't an air horn moment. I thought for sure you were gonna like see like my my telepathy. Crap, crap. Oops. <laughs> I went for like the like sigh of relief. Um, but I think I could do both at the same time. Okay. Whew. <laughs> It, it wasn't my best. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was good, though. We enjoyed. Yeah. So the end of summer has brought with it many a good tiding as we make our way into our final straightaway of law school. How are you feeling, Lydia? Um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about this semester. Are we doing our first impressions of class also this this episode? I kind of thought we would like fold those into highs and lows. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, well, then I'll just briefly say that I feel good about this semester. I walked with Billy to his first class, which was hours before my first class, so that he could take a first day of school picture of me. And then I walked back home. <laughs> um, but yeah, last first day of school ever because I do not anticipate doing a PhD or LLM. What about you? Last well, first day? I don't anticipate doing a PhD or an LLM, but I have been fantasizing about, you know, once law school is all said and done and the bar has been passed and I've, you know, got a few years of practicing under my belt, I would really like to start taking like fun little community college classes, you know? I think about that all the time. I think about that yes. all the time. Yes. yes. Like learning for the fun of learning. I miss that. I guess it's just missing undergrad kind of, <laughs> like just taking random classes. Just taking some random classes, right? Like I would love to take 
a ceramics class. I would love to take like a literature 101 class. I have a degree in literature, but I would love to take a literature 101 class. <laughs> like just assign me some reading. I want to have a critical discussion with somebody Ooh. or folks about reading, you know? Yeah. But I don't think you would take a first day of school picture for just one community college class. No, I certainly like well, this is actually, for last, like first day of well, yeah. I was just as I was saying it, I was like, hey. actually, that would be a little bit on brand. Yeah, that would be cute. That would be cute. Okay, hashtag so last first day of school. Right. Yeah, I feel weird about saying last first day of school. Okay. It kind of like sends the message that I I intend to never learn again, but I intend to learn for my whole life. I love learning. Me too. As I, I know you do too. To yeah, exactly. In an, I don't intend to like learn in an institution while I'm not working, but maybe, you know. I never intend to spend an ungodly amount of money on tuition ever again. How about there that? There you go. The, yeah. That is something we can all get behind. Yes. So, okay. Last first day of law school, not yes. of school. Yes. Glad we got that settled. I, I keep thinking, I don't know. I keep thinking of it as my last first day of school, just after all of these years of like higher education, right? So like, but but I hear you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. At least last first day of law school. Last first day of law school. Yeah, I'm into it. So okay, we've talked about a lot of really nice things at the top here, but. What are your lows, my friend? <laughs> Have you any? Oh, yeah. Oh, I do. I do. Um, okay. Um, first, people in my classes not wearing masks correctly just makes me really angry. Like, we have a mask-wearing policy, but I'm not sure how it's going to be enforced um are they doing the like below the nose thing yeah you're yeah. kidding me how do you get this far while still thinking that that is okay my conspiracy theory is that they know that it's not okay but they're just doing it because they know they can and they don't care here's my one step further conspiracy theory yeah. i would love to see like a correlation between incorrect mask wearing and membership of the federalist society i said it <laughs> <laughs> i would like to know Ah, uh, I don't know, because, like, I do know, like, a lot of people who I know who are in FedSoc, which is the shortened version for a Federalist Society, for y'all who are listening, are wearing their masks correctly, and, like, I, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. At least one person who has it under their nose is not, that I know of. It's very, but, but yeah, I think in general, I think you're right. Um, <laughs> it's not a perfect correlation, and I'm just like, what, Why? So I've like emailed my professors to be like, I don't feel like safe in class because like, can you just like, can you help enforce this? Like, do you like, I feel like I don't have the authority or I mean, sure. I have the authority to ask someone to like pull their mask up, but I don't think it's going to be as effective as like the people in school who like have some control over your grade or something. Um, like, I don't know what, what my, remedies are here to get a little legal like can I report people for violating the honor code or is mm. that different from like a mask policy like well, how how much can I be like no just 
like keep people safe? Why is this so hard? <laughs> I do not right. know. Right. I actually, I wrote a little bit about this in the outline, um, kind of under my, my mez and my lows. Um, the masking policy at Elon seems a little bit, um, disjointed, Uh-oh. kind of in the, so like what you're describing, somebody sitting in a classroom, well, actually, let me pause really quick. I also just want to like take a moment to acknowledge the fact that this is the first time we are sitting in a classroom in 18 months. Yes. Yes. That's, that's a high. Which is, I mean, yeah, it is a high, but at the same time, it's like, this is why we haven't had these conversations yet. It was like dawning on me as you were speaking. Oh, right. Yeah. We haven't really complained about people not wearing or not wearing masks because it's like, hasn't been relevant. (laughs) We've been complaining about Zoom. (laughs) We've been complaining about cameras on (laughs) policies. We've been complaining about you know, hybrid methods where the professors in the classroom lecturing to like a handful of people and everyone else is online, like just a floating head completely unacknowledged for an entire term. Um, But anyway, I just had to acknowledge that going back to my thought though. um, So Elon's mask policy is weird. Elon law takes their cues from main campus. So they have very little, seemingly very little autonomy. Um, from a student's perspective, I'll say that because I don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but the policy is this in common areas. So like the commons, for example, which is where everybody kind of congregates in between classes. If you're eating or drinking, you can have your mask off, but only for as long as it takes to eat and drink. Okay, fine. All good and fine. However, when you're in the classroom, you are literally barred from even taking a sip of water. Oh, we don't have that. We have you can't eat, which, of course, one of the people in my classes just flagrantly disregarded today, which made me very angry. It made it very hard to focus in class, got to say. Right. I mean, I just think it's bizarre that like, well, like the Delta variant COVID doesn't know the difference between the commons and the classroom. Why is it kosher in one place and not the other? I'm just (laughs) like I'm underscoring the logical fallacies here. Um, Right. But like. The next thing I'm about to tell you is the thing that I think is the weirdest when you when you reference it against like not being able to drink water in a classroom. Yeah. So on one hand, you can't take a sip of water in a classroom. On the other hand, if you are vaccinated and you come in contact with somebody who has COVID, you no longer have to quarantine. You can come back to campus. What? <laughs> right. And I just think... It's like, this is me sounding <laughs> like I'm, I, I look like, I don't want this to be misconstrued. I'm all for the masking. I'm all for the public health, whatever. Like I take my marching orders from the CDC. I will do whatever they tell me to do. I'm just like, how is eating in the commons different than taking a drink of water in a classroom? The classrooms are bigger than the commons. <laughs> Oh, really? Okay. That was my first thought is like, oh, there's more air moving around. And that's the other thing. There's no like, there's no ventilation system. There's no like airflow. There are no windows in classrooms. Right. So I don't know. Maybe that's why you can't eat and drink in the classroom. Whereas the commons are like a few windows that don't open. I don't know. Wait, but they have no, like, if you've been in contact with someone, you're still allowed to come to campus. That's one of our screening questions every single day. 
I don't know if the listeners will hear this, but um, you cut out a little bit. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. To reiterate, yeah, the the rule is if you if you are vaccinated and you've come into contact with somebody who is COVID positive, you no longer have to quarantine. That's so weird. Right. That's so weird. Right. We we are prohibited from coming to campus if we've been in contact with someone who we know has COVID. And that makes sense to me. You know? Right? It does. It does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry to hear that you have classmates who are wearing their masks incorrectly because so far as I can tell, everybody's following it really strictly in, in the classes that I'm in. See, that would make me feel better about being on campus. But I just, once I know what actions I can take, I will take them. Like, if you're listening to this and you're in my classes, like, I will come for you. But you already know that about me. Like, the people who are in my classes who are doing this, I'm 100% sure they do not listen to this podcast. So they don't know that I'm coming for them. But let it be known, like, I will do everything in my power to make you wear your mask correctly. For the sake of the immunocompromised people in class who are double masking, and, like, everyone in class who has, like, immunocompromised, like, friends and family. It's just common sense. I'm preaching to the choir. I don't need to go on about this. That's one of my lows. The other one is that when I came back to town, I I left just enough time to prepare for class and no, no time to account for, like, things not working great for me. So mm. that screwed me over because... <laughs> Um, like I had, I've been like going back and forth with this, uh, how do I explain this? West academic publishing. Sorry to back up, but it includes Ooh. a PSA. Could you start That's that over? I'm sorry. Yes. Cause I did not hear the first part. No, I'm sorry because I should have thought about where I wanted to start this thought. I will start by saying that West academic publishing, which is the publishing company that publishes a lot of the law school textbooks. Mm -hmm. You can get 20% off of all of your textbooks um, if you are a premium member of the American Bar Association student-like society. And it costs 25 bucks, which is not nothing, but you will make it back immediately by getting 20% off of your textbooks. So it applies also to eBooks. So I just got my eBooks, saved a bunch of money. And like, usually you can listen to the books. <laughs> you can use this app called Vital Source. But now the books do not, like they have a different contract. Here's contract law coming into this. Wait, but, hold on really quick. What was the name of the site again? Vital? Well, Vital Source, but Vital that's Source. no longer relevant because oh. all you need to know is that that app for your eBooks worked perfectly. It was one of those things where you're like, wow, technology is actually great and helping me learn. And mm. now they've changed their contract so that West textbooks use an app called Red Shelf. And it's okay, but it won't like read books to you if you like minimize the app to like check your text messages or check the weather or anything. It just oh. stops. And there's no bookmark. So it goes back to the beginning of wherever you were. You can't choose like where you want to listen to stuff. And worst of all, it only read to me for 10 minutes before stopping 
all together. So I was like, oh, this is how I was going to do all my reading the day before class. And now I cannot. Um, <laughs> so I was just like emailing tech support like for all day that day and freaking out that I couldn't drop this class that I wanted to drop because the drop deadline had already passed because it was like this early special drop deadline. Mm. Um, and so now I'm in too many credits for this semester. Oh, well, all, all a big thing. It made me start out my semester really stressed out, just like coming back to school, coming back to St. Louis a little too late to account for all the mishaps that might, that might happen. Um, yeah. And like, I hadn't bought groceries and just, I bought notebooks like 30 minutes before my first class on the first day. Oh God. I, <laughs> I feel this. I feel this. I like the week before school started for me, I was just like willfully ignoring that it was happening. Oh, and no. I mean, oh no, but I like knew what I was doing. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I knew I was really making my bed and I was going to have to like roll around in it this week. And it was just as uh, difficult, if not more than I anticipated. Oh, it's I know okay. it felt very three L to be putting it all off. But on the other hand, I had always thought I would have my shit together by three L. And here we are. Our here shit is decidedly are. not together. It's not. I don't know. Do you have any similar kind of lows? Like what have you been feeling with your start to the semester? So like my start to my semester kind of core, like coincides with beginning the bar application process. Ah, Right. Which is just really daunting. And I can't help but feel this sort of creeping suspicion that I'm like forgetting something at all times, you know? You know, (laughs) like, for example, I've I've explained in previous episodes how many components there are to the North Carolina bar application. The one that I'm currently wrestling with is they want you to name, you have to list every single job you've ever had um, and include your supervisor's contact information. And like, Okay, I don't mean to make this like a class thing, right? But I do think that it sort of like bears repeating how many different gatekeeping mechanisms there are in the whole process of becoming a lawyer. Absolutely. I'm not suggesting that all rich people have never worked a day in their lives until they like got their law degree and now they can just be like, I've never worked. Ha ha. I'm breezing through this law school or this this bar application. I mean, because that's like, there are so many inconsistencies with that theory. However, I will say as a person who began working at 14. Right. And has worked so many small part-time jobs. Same, same. I have no idea what my, like, like, okay. I should also say that, that they don't even give you like wiggle room. They're not even like, oh, it's all jobs for which you've had, you know, a W-9, or I forget if that's the right one. I haven't taken income tax, but it's not like <laughs> it's not like all jobs that you had to claim on your taxes. It's like any job right. you've ever had, even if it was for like your family members and done for free. What? That's not a job. I wish that was a job. Right. Like, yeah, it's crazy. So <laughs> I got like, okay, I, 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 
I got through every address I've lived at since I was 18. I had 14 Gosh. entries, none wow. of which were duplicates. Right. I did a lot of Google earthing. I was like, oh, yeah, what was that street I lived on for three months in the summer of 2010? Ah, yes. Right. I'm going to street view my way down that street until I see the house that I rented a couch out of, you know, <laughs> God. I'm going to like zoom in to see if I can find the the number of the house. I literally had to do that. Um, and then I like finish that section. I move on to the next. And it's like every employer you've ever had, including stuff you weren't paid for in family jobs. I'm like, all right, I'm going to need a lot of time for this one. So that's, um, that's going to be my low. And I think that it would yeah. understandably lead to the creeping feeling that I'm going to forget something and that somehow that, you know, omission, that completely accidental, innocent omission is going to lead to me being precluded from the practice of law. So no. there's that. <laughs> That's, that is terrifying. That's that me. Terrifying. You got any, uh, got any like mez? Oh, you know, I got some mez. Okay. Okay, my meh, so did you ever read or watch um, The Crucible? I did not. Are you serious? I'm actually surprised by that. I am not kidding. I feel like it's a New England thing. Mm, But you lived in Boston for like many years. Yes. Okay, don't mean to put you on blast, but... (laughs) You're like, this is actually unacceptable. Like, yeah, were well, you going to be like, I'm from the South. I don't, I couldn't possibly have watched The Crucible. <laughs> no. That was excellent, Megan. I've lived here for too long. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness me. Bless her heart. She hasn't seen The Crucible. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Really quick synopsis of The Crucible. It's sort of set in like settler time, New England. Um, I think it's like loosely based. It might not loosely be based. It might be fully based on the Salem witch trials. Um, There's this character, John Proctor. He has an affair with this like young woman. And he's sort of like considered the stand up dude in the in the colony um, but the young woman falls in love with him. And this is going to be a problem because his reputation's at stake. So oh. she starts accusing <laughs> other women in the colony of being witches. No. Yeah. And it's it, it, like it, it, a whole witch hunt ensues. And, um, you know, I've, I've seen the movie. Love me some Daniel Day Lewis. I also read the book in high school and in college. And so I'm like pretty familiar with it. And. I think of this character who is like a sub character. He's not a main character at all, but his name is Giles Corey. And he's like, he's, he's very poor, but he's humble. And like, he, people like him. um, But it's not like he's a stately person in the community. And Mm. anyway, he, um, the, one of the women who's, you know, pointing fingers, accusing people of witchcraft says, Giles Corey knows who the witches are. And so the people of the colony gather together and they decide that they're going to try to torture Giles Corey into admitting who these witches are. So there's a scene where he's basically like tied by all four limbs. So he's kind of outstretched in every direction. 
and they're crushing him with boulders. And so they put multiple boulders on him, hundreds of pounds of weight. And they're questioning him like, you know, did you ever see blah, 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 like, you know, engaging in witch witchcraft. And he's completely silent. Like he is like not going uh, to bend. Like he uh, will not break for anyone. And then finally you're watching this and you're in such suspense. Cause it's like, you can tell the person adding the weight doesn't want to be doing it. Like they're kind of like, come on, dude, like say something because if you don't say something, you're going to get pressed to death. Uh, and so finally, um, they're, they're saying this and uh, they're like, okay, we're going to add one more. Like, are you sure you don't have anything to say to us? And he looks at them and he's like bleeding out of the corner of his mouth and he's trembling and he's sweating and he looks up at them and he says, more weight. <laughs> That's so badass. You know, he's like the OG ride or die. He's not going to give you up for shit. And I like weirdly think of that very often what at the is beginning in your life that you feel like you're literally being... <laughs> I realized you were like what's your man I like told you the plot of the crucible <laughs> you're like oh my man is just I feel like I'm being tortured all the time um, <laughs> my man is that I feel like Giles Corey a little bit where like I'm like more weight like okay Brittany I had lunch with her today to celebrate her job offer Yay. Beow, 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 beow. Um, yeah, come to Brittany for all of your personal injury litigation needs in the great oh, state yeah. of North Carolina. Um, but anyway, yeah, like I, I was talking to her and she, she was like, she has a bachelorette party this weekend that I'm supposed to be going to, and I will be going to, but she was like, Megan, if you can't come, like, I understand. And I was like, Brittany, I'm coming. And she's like, oh, okay. So you're just going to fit it in, in between like your full-time class load, <laughs> your in-laws coming to town and the three jobs that you have now. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think like it's a little bit like I feel like my load is manageable right now. But everybody around me, when I tell them what I'm doing, they're like, more yeah. weight? Are you sure? More, more weight is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, you are capable of doing like incredible things. It's it's always impressed me. Oh, you're so sweet to say that. I, and you know, I do appreciate that because I am capable of saying no, like yeah. I, t I tell people no. So I feel like I'm kind of at my critical mass with respect to, um, obligations and commitments. Like I would not commit to anything else right now. Um, mm -hmm. but it does kind of give me pause. This is why it's my meh. When I tell other people what I'm doing and they're like, are you sure, buddy? Oh, and you're like, yeah. I was sure before this conversation. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, dang. It's almost like when you have something in your teeth and you're smiling a bunch and everyone's kind of looking at you like, oh, my God, do I tell her? or do I? Oh. <laughs> Yeah. That's my man. I see how that could be a man. I mean, we'll come back to that. Like. You'll reflect on this episode when either when you pull it off or when you're like, okay, something's going to give and now it's time to decide what it is or, you know. Oh, I'm pulling it off. This is okay. This is the, the end is in sight. Like, I just That's have to. That's true. You're like about to graduate, this. which is insane. <laughs> right. Exactly. I just have to sustain this until 
like end of November. And I can do that. Wow. Hell yeah. Yeah. Anywho, do you have any meds? Um, nothing literary. I will just say that um while we were out, while while the WashU students were away, administration decided to play and they see I'm, I'm trying to make it literary, but it's hard. Um everything is just like a little bit worse. Um like the system for ordering food in the cafe at the business school, which is right beside the law school is like just a little bit more difficult. Mm. Um, like the cafe in the law school is like a little bit, has like a little bit less to offer. They no longer have the like $99 a semester unlimited coffee cup option. Um, instead of having like a salad bar, they have a salad bar robot. It's not a salad bar robot, but it's a robot that you can order like a salad from, but it's already out of order. Like no shit. Um, And they have replaced a salad bar robot. Sounds so unappealing. Agreed. 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 It's like, I don't, I don't know how fresh that is. Like when I can see it all, you know, Um, it's like sometimes like machines are good for snacks, but a salad. No, thank you. Then uh, the parking passes were really confusing this year. And like the lockers, I've saved the worst for last. We used to have, you know about lockers. I've talked about Shrine Locker. Oh, I know all about the lockers. Yeah. So we had like, it was like a medium-sized locker on top of a medium-sized locker was how it used to be. And like half of the first floor was devoted to these lockers or the second floor. Sorry. Um. And we also had like mailboxes kind of, it was just a folder with our name, but we could like drop mail for people or receive like grades or whatever. And it was kind of cute. Well, now the mailboxes are gone and the lockers have been replaced with like very small lockers, probably like they're stacked up like four or five instead of like just two stacked on top of each other. And they're not, lockers that you can use overnight they're day use lockers which just just makes everything like a little harder like I can't keep like I can't just buy a pack of like cracker sandwiches and keep them in my locker and like take one when I need it um Mm -hmm. I can't tell myself like okay for this class that has like a textbook and a supplement and a book of regulations I'm going to decide to make sure to, I'm going to like do my homework and reading at school and never bring these books home. Like that's no longer an option. Some people use their car as their locker, but not everyone drives to school. And it's just like a lot of carrying back and forth every day. Um, and it just makes like home be the place where you do all of this, which is like fine. I mean, we all, I think all of the students uh, are housed, but it's like just, just needlessly like, and they said that they replaced the lockers because they were quote decrepit. What? They were not decrepit. Yes. They're 20 years old. Um, but they really were fine. They were fine. 
Um, I have no idea why we got these really small day use lockers in return. And it kills me that the one else think that this stuff is normal. Like, no, you have to know that everything used to be better. You should complain. Like, don't just accept this as reality. Like things could be better. Um, they have no idea. They have no, like the, the printers are like a little bit, like one of them is like out of order. Like just, I don't know, just stuff like that. Um, so that's my mess. <laughs> I feel like a, like, I enjoy that math thoroughly. Okay, great. I just, I'm like, I shouldn't feel this disgruntled, but I do. I do. Lean in, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. So, Um, yeah. Highs, though. There are some really good highs. (laughs) Yeah, let's see. It's not all salad robots. That's true. Thank God. What are your highs, my friend? Oh, I'm going for highs first. Okay, so... I think my highs are just like traveling. I did a road trip. Sorry, I just burped. Um, oh I did a- <laughs> of course, that's probably like the thing the microphone's going to pick up and not like half the sentences <laughs> you said in the last three minutes. <laughs> Dang it. Um, I traveled to Wisconsin to visit Seal. Shout, Shout out, out Seal. Um, and her grandma and their lake house is so, so beautiful. I do really love Wisconsin. Um, and then I went on another road trip. Oh, that road trip was with Tamar. And then I took another road trip with Billy through the South as a way of getting to St. Louis from (laughs) the Northeast. So we did like a big backwards J shape. Um, through like the entirety of Tennessee and then straight up to St. Louis. It was really fun to see family. And I like for both road trips spent just a ton of time on Atlas Obscura. Yes. Putting all of our like stops on there. So Tamar and I got to visit a fire breathing dragon in a cornfield in Illinois, where you buy a token at the liquor store and then you put the token in the, in the stand and the dragon breathes fire. Like As you do. That makes complete sense. Yeah, stuff like that. I love Atlas Obscura. So I had a, a great time. Just the only downside was that Raja does not like the car. So I had to part with him for several days, but he stayed at Ellie's. Ellie rocks and Raja loves Ellie's place. So first, okay. So you cut out a little bit there. Um, for- so <laughs> you said for, well, what I could hear, I am holding out hope crossing fingers and toes that the cutting out is just on my end and that everybody will be able to hear everything you said oh, but yeah. it was very funny the the cut was raja doesn't like the car and then you <laughs> cut out and i was like damn did you have raja in the car that whole time <laughs> like when i saw you in charlotte was raja just in the trunk the entire time i had no idea oh <laughs> i know you wouldn't do that no he was he was staying with ellie down the street from me and he loves Ellie's apartment. So shout out to Ellie. Shout out to Ellie. Shout out to Raja. And then I have my first impressions from classes, but I, I feel like I should hear your highs first. Oh, well, I have. Well, obviously, my number one high is getting to see you Aww. for the first time in two years, which is stupid and should never happen again. Um. Additionally, the banana pudding that I had at Diamond Restaurant in Charlotte is up there. <laughs> um, but my my other high is that I had my first day um, at Two Families Law, which I mentioned, I think, in the last episode. 
Um, yeah, like not to go back into the detail, but like this was an opportunity that I made purely through networking. Um, and I am going to be working there after graduation, which I could not be more thrilled about because, um, well, for so many reasons, let me start with like my, my actual high stuff. So my first day was yesterday and Nicole, who is the owner and founder, um, of this firm. And actually she mentioned to me yesterday that she found our podcast website and was very impressed by how many episodes we had. Yes. So yeah, Excellent. she was, she was like, yeah, I was impressed. thinking maybe it would be like 10, 15 episodes. <laughs> you have like 70 plus episodes. <laughs> it's true. We commit. Um, yes. Anyway. So Nicole, if you're listening to this, the biggest uh, and most heartfelt of shout outs, but um, so Nicole opened me just with, or welcomed me with open arms, I should say to what she calls the two fam jam. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just so thoughtful and sweet. You know, I, she wrote me a very nice letter. Um, Not a letter that makes it sound like long winded. It was a card, but I'm a sucker for a handwritten card. So that really hit me like in the sweetest of spots. Um, she also gifted me some very nice fine tip rollerball pens, which is like my favorite. Ooh. Uh, got some notebooks, a sticker, my own email address. Um, whoa, I know. Can I'm like, wow, this is official. How it is that you're able to start working already. Did you ask me to tell listeners how I'm able to start working? Already? I just wasn't sure if we went over that last episode, but I feel like it's new information sure well okay yeah that's a good point so i'm only working four hours a week okay one day a week for four hours and because my class schedule is so light um this fits very neatly into one day of the week where i don't have any classes um and so it feels very doable and As it is right now, I'm just observing and like getting kind of set up on their systems and learning how everything works. Um, Once that's all done, I'll start doing little projects here and there. um, But it's kind of ramping me up into post-graduation work. So that way I don't have to do, you know, a week or two of onboarding. Like I'll already know what's going on. I'll be familiar with the clients, the cases, the systems. Um, so in that way, That's it, awesome. It, I know I'm like, I was telling Adam this morning, I walked out into the living room this morning and I was like, I never thought I would say this, but I think I'm going to miss school. And he looked at me like deadpan and he's like, That's not true. <laughs> uh, oh. And I was like, Well, it is like, I'm, I like feel like I finally settled into the routine at Elon. You know, it's like, mm. I know where everyone's office is and I know like what, what printer is the good printer? And I know what carols I like to sit in and which chairs are squeaky and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, no, like you, (laughs) no, no, no. You're not going to miss being in school. Like you're just going to miss having like familiarity. Right. Mm. And so the fact that I've been given this opportunity by Nicole to kind of come get my feet wet many months in advance of beginning to work there it'll be really nice to not have to go through that learning process while also like 
starting to practice law. Like I'll already have the familiarity down the familiarity that I was explaining this morning that I would like miss and crave. Yes. I'll have that baked in already, which is great. Um, yeah, I think that is great. It's already going to be enough of a transition to just like practice law and like, yeah, have new routines for everything. Right. But, um, before we move on, I would be remiss if I didn't also mention the pastries that Nicole bought to celebrate Ooh. my birthday. Yes, there was a cheese and cherry Danish. And um, there was, <laughs> I mean, I'm like really reminiscing on that Danish. There was also <laughs> a chocolate croissant and then a few different muffins that I didn't get the chance to try. But on the little box, there was a post-it note that said welcome Megan and I was just like damn it's so listeners especially if you are just starting your law school journey you cannot put a price tag on feeling wanted and you cannot put a price tag on feeling like you have found your people I will say that yeah yeah I love that so that was Far, far and away my high. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you want to give me those first impressions of your second to last semester of law school? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So going through my um, my class list, we have American legal history, health law, employment discrimination, jurisprudence seminar, pre-trial which is like an experiential mock class Mm -hmm. and landlord tenant law if that sounds like a lot of classes it's because i registered for the maximum number of credits and then i finally decided which ones well i signed up with the idea that i would go to every class once and um figure out which ones had the best vibes but then I found out that I've actually missed the deadline to drop pre-trial because it's such a small class and everyone has like their assigned roles in this like mock kind of like environment. And I've missed uh-huh. the deadline to drop landlord tenant law, which is a course that's just for one credit hour and it's two weekends in September. But I had decided I would drop that one because it's like I could use those two weekends to really feel like better about the semester. And I just hate that I can't drop these classes. It feels very stupid to me. Um, <laughs> and I, I can't drop any of the like substantive classes because I really like them. So I'm just and they're not offered next semester. So I'm kind of in a conundrum um, where I might be getting the getting less out of all these classes because I'm taking too many of them, but I have not done pre-trial yet. That's tomorrow night. Um, Shout out to Ryan for switching his Thursday. They wouldn't let me drop, but they would let me switch with someone in a different section. So I'm now doing it Thursday nights instead of Monday nights. Monday nights were stressing me out so much because I have three classes on Tuesday and Monday night is like a crucial time for finishing the reading for Tuesday night because, you know, I'm lucky to get through the the Monday reading over the weekend. So anyways, thank you, Ryan. So, 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 so much. Um, 
but I'll have that tomorrow and I'll have my first impressions from that. But everyone says such good things about it. So maybe it's good that I'm forced to do it. Uh, now, as for my first impressions of what I have done, today was my first day of the jurisprudence seminar. It's every Wednesday with a professor who is feared for his 1L torts class, but um, more admired for this seminar. And I have never enjoyed philosophy in an academic environment because I do not like listening to random people's opinions about things who I don't like, I don't care. I don't know how to phrase this, but my same (laughs) throwback to the first episode of me being like concerned about Socratic seminar um, stuff. That's like exactly why I avoided philosophy in undergrad. I just don't need to listen to like young white men, like posture about like their older white men, philosopher, um, princes. So I signed up for this class because at WashU, you have to take a seminar. And this professor I had talked to on the phone about the note that I wrote last year. I might have mentioned that call on the podcast because it was like the first time someone was like, oh, yeah, this is this is a great topic. And this is like, let me send you some like stuff I've written about this topic. And I really liked the stuff he had written. Um. So I today during the class, it was really like, okay, if I'm going to do philosophy, this is the exact setting I want it to be in. Like, I trust the people in my class. I know a lot of them. I went through like the roster and I was Uh like there. I trust them more than like, you know, my imaginary like undergrad class filled with like young white boys. Um, Good, good perspectives in this class so far. and. Um, the syllabus is just like much more interesting to me than this the syllabus of the jurisprudence podcast that you can listen to online done by a Yale law professor. When I listened to that podcast, I was terrified of this class because it was like everything I hated <laughs> about philosophy in an academic setting. So um, yeah, I, I don't necessarily endorse the topic for every law school, but if you're at WashU, I have really good feeling about this seminar. Sweet. Then I've taken uh, one class of health law yesterday. Uh, it's a twice a week class, so I have my next class tomorrow. But that's with a professor who, like, her specialty is health law and public health. And the first day was just great. It was like a whole intro of like, what is health law? Like so many health statistics. And um, one of those classes that doesn't assume that America's doing everything right and that um, Mm. our legal system just like makes sense. You know how some classes start with that premise? And I was saying last year that I really liked in American Indian law that you at least don't start with that premise. You can critique the US from day one, which you can definitely do with, with health law. So I like the professor. I like the subject. American legal history, my favorite so far. Okay. The professor is the criminal law professor who I had in 1L. And my first impression from my criminal law class, I would have to go back and listen to the podcast episode, but I think I was very wary of him. Um, 
but over the course of semester, I grew to adore him because his style of cold calling is incredible. It's like he wants you to have read the information, but if you stumble, he doesn't have any patience. He will just jump in and say the right answer and continue moving along, oh. and it's just fine. Um, and he'll ask you opinion questions as well. He'll be like, what did you think? Did you think that this opinion was written exquisitely? And you'll be like, um, and he'll be like, I, I think it was written exquisitely. And you're like, okay, great. Moving on. <laughs> what? Oh my God. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And he, like his understanding of American legal history is so thorough. It's like, there are not cold calls in this class. It is just him imparting his knowledge. It's like, Actually, I haven't read The Giver in a long time, and I don't know if it's still good, and I don't know if it's problematic. But it's kind of like how, you know, in The Giver, like, the storyteller has to tell all of the stories to this one chosen young kid. And I'm just sitting there, like, in American Legal History, like, oh, crap, I need to, like, know every, I need to, like, mark down everything from this, like, very wise person about legal history. Um, and the syllabus for that class is very much, like, um a history of racial relationships in the US and same with employment discrimination. Um, we're talking about like racial issues, gender issues, disability from like day one. And I'm like, wow, this feels like what I should have been doing in 1L, you know, just like, I can't believe it took this long to get to a class mm. where we like openly talk about race, but really, I, I can't, I sadly can believe that, but yeah, I'm glad we got there. But even in criminal law, like we didn't talk about it uh, that much only in property law. My, my professor like made a point um, to bring up race and sometimes gender, but it's like, okay, great. I, I'm like, I feel like there's Wait, a good in proper. In property, though, did your professor bring race up in the context of the Fair Housing Act? Because if that's the case, that doesn't count. No, no, no. From the very beginning, like talking about like first in time, first in right. Okay, okay. Yeah. And like conquest of like, or like who owns like the U.S. land that that was like settled or whatever. Those old property law mm. ideas. Um, so... Yeah, I feel like there's a really good synthesis between my classes, even though at first they seemed like kind of a random smattering of things I was interested in. Like the philosophy of law and the history of law obviously pair really well together um, as like background, not case-based, not di doctrinal classes. And then like of all of the doctrinal classes I could take, like health law and employment discrimination are both like just they bring in like so many different elements of like society and mm. really have me like applying the things I might be learning in history and philosophy um, to like areas that care about social progress, which is refreshing. Mm. So feeling really excited so far. That was long. I'm sorry. It's all good. No, I was here for all of it. Okay, I'm glad cool. that we're finally at the point in law school where it's like, the doctrinal classes are out of the way and we can take classes that just, you know, interest us. I know. I know. Finally. A crazy about, thought. What about you? What classes are you in? I already forget. And so, how do you like them? Um, I'm t I have a really light load this trimester. I think I said that before, but um, all three L's at Elon have to take a two credit course called bar exam foundations. 
And basically we're just like getting our feet wet with, you know, the M E E, the U B E, the M P T, the blah, 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 all the acronyms. Um, yeah. And I already took two bar exam foundation classes last yeah. trimester. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I did that as like extra, extra, just because I wanted to get ahead of the of the curve. Um, this course is graded pass, no pass. So you can get out of it as much as you put into it, I I gather. Nice. I'm taking that. I'm taking health law, public health law. Oh, my gosh. Wait. Did we've, we realize this This before? is the third time. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um my public health law class is going to be a little different than yours. I'd imagine because the finished product for me will be, um, a legal epidemiology paper. Um, so, you know, identifying, uh, a problem in the scope of public health, which is really broad. Um, and then pinpointing the laws that feed into that problem and then kind of coming up with some sort of like solution maybe. I don't know. The end result is unclear, but those first two elements are definitely what we're doing. Um, (laughs) So stay tuned on what my, my topic is going to be. This is actually my fourth class with this professor. So I know her very well and I'm really looking forward to seeing what she has in store for us because she's like very much a rage against the machine person the way that you and I are. Yes. Um, So public health law. Oh, and then I'm taking law firm management, which I thought was going to be kind of like an easy throwaway class. And I'm not saying throwaway has such a horrible connotation, it's not a class in which you're going to have to read cases. It's a class in which you're going to have to produce a lot. Like I have a lot of assignments to turn in, but all of them are practical. So we're going to learn like how to negotiate our salaries, like how to run, um, you know, a legal system. Like a lot of law firms use different like managers, like system managers, like Clio is one that is used very often. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to learn how to do that. We're going to learn how to like get capital for starting our own law firm and then like how to get clients and how to keep clients oh. and how to advertise and all of that. And it's a big class. There are probably like 40 or 50 people in it. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And then yeah. to round out my, my 10 credit trimester, <laughs> I am getting three credits for my uh, internship at the court of appeals. So I don't actually have another class. I'm just like doing work for the court of appeals. And you started that. I started that. Um, I, I, I feel like I could be doing more. Um, I need to start doing more, but I have two bench briefs that are due within the next like 10 days. So I got to like really get cracking on those, but Mm. that's where I'm at. And all my impressions are good. Ah, uh, that's so great. I'm, I mean, especially for you. Like, even if my semester is May, I have next semester. But this is crazy that this is your last. This is, yeah, my swan song. Ugh, wow, what does that mean? Swan song. Do swans, do swans fi- have a song f- like finale? Your final something? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> swan song. Okay. 
Um, okay, we've now been talking for 59 minutes and 22 seconds. Oh, so crap. That's <laughs> for all of you who are still who are still with us, congratulations. Um, yes. Eric Incognito, I hope you are still here because um, with our last few minutes of recording time, I'm going to give you my tips and Lydia is going to chime in with her tips. So um, this goes for anybody who's just now starting law school who is like, oh, my God, how to brief a case. What do I do for outlining Um, tips, tricks, best practices? Here's what I'm going to say. Um, There is no one size fits all. Everything, all of my suggestions are just what works for me. And I tried out a couple different things before I landed on what I'm about to tell you. So do not be afraid to deviate from whatever plan you've set forth for yourself at the outset here. Um, Variety is the spice of life, Eric Incognito and others. So I'm going to start with briefing. Okay, Lydia, you should start thinking about what you want to say. I will say this. (laughs) You'll hear the terms book briefing And you'll also hear about people writing out a brief. They're two totally different things. And what I submit to you is that at the very beginning, you should be writing out briefs. It is tedious. It makes you want to pull your hair out. It sucks. You are going to second guess whether or not you know and understand the English language. I promise you this. (laughs) But it also really, really pays off. Um, you know, ask your professor for a template for how they prefer to see briefs done and then just work off that template until it becomes rote memorization and all of a sudden you know exactly what you're going to put down on that paper. Um, and once you kind of get to that point, you you can start doing what's called book briefing, which is like the 2L shorthand way of doing a full brief where you're reading a case in your case book, you're highlighting the pertinent information, and maybe in the margins you're writing like rule and procedural posture, like actually those phrases, um, rather than in the flip where when you're writing out a brief, you'll have a little column that says rule, and then you'll have to input the rule based on what you think the rule is. Mm-hmm. Um, book briefing is shorthand. Writing out a brief is longhand. Do not cheat yourself. Put in the work write out the briefs for the first semester at least, and then move on. I don't know. What would you say? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a revelation I had that I probably shared early on that it really sucks, but it's like the time that everyone else is also learning it. And so that's just the time to be doing it because you're only going to get more responsibilities and such as law school goes on so just yeah yeah just yeah make the most use of the time in the beginning yeah and to the next point you know I know that everything feels like make or break information when you are under the constant threat of being the victim of a cold call (laughs) but I promise you you can lay off the highlighter (laughs) (laughs) I promise. That's true. Yeah. Um, okay, this one's a really big Even one. Better, or like, you know, buy a used book that someone highlighted very well. Those can be valuable. But Oh my God, that's such a good tip. Yes. I accidentally did that from someone and I was like, wow. Everything the professor was like, make sure to note they had like, you know, 
already noted it. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Wow. Genius hack. And you're saving money on a textbook. Boom. Boom. Lawyered. <laughs> um, okay. I saw this mistake a lot when I started TAing last year. TAing <laughs> verb. Um, this is gonna save you some time. So when you're looking at a case, the first page, sometimes two, and on like the outside occasion, it can be up to like three or four pages, are what's called head notes. So you'll see the name of the case. You'll see all of the stuff, all the junk that goes along with it. That's like, you know, 130 um, NC app 283 comma 384 SE.2D and then another number and then the year. Like that's all going to make sense to you eventually. Underneath that, you're going to start seeing little blocks of text that have something like a term bolded. You might see the term burglary bolded, and next to it, there will be a little key symbol. What you're looking at when you see that are called headnotes. And headnotes are flagging to the reader the concepts that are going to be popping up throughout your throughout the, the case. Um, don't cite to headnotes. <laughs> oh, I've never even thought to give that advice. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I've seen people cite to head notes Uh-oh. because they're like, when you tell a brand new law student, like, what's the rule, right? Well, oftentimes, like the elements of something like, for example, burglary might be found in a head note because the head notes like on this page, like the court explicitly tells you what burglary is. Right. Um, use the head notes as like guiding posts to get to where you can find that information in the actual case because the binding law happens in the text of the case, not in the head notes. The head notes are just a way of categorizing where that case might fall in like the greater context, in the canon of jurisprudence, right? Yeah. And the head notes are written by like someone who's hired by like Lexis to do that as their job. So it's, Nothing that the court has anything to do with. Right. Not binding law. Don't cite to it. Use it as a clue. Like if you open up a case and you see, I'm on burglary because I had to do a bunch of case briefs for burglary today. But if you see a bunch of head notes that that say burglary, you're probably going to know that like at some point in this case, you're going to be talking about burglary. So you can be reading with that as you're anticipating burglary. Mm. Yeah. Little hack there. Love it. Um, note taking. This is one Lydia and I really, really went in on the first few episodes. Oh man. <laughs> like the best note taking systems known to man trying to hack the mainframe. Um, but really I'll tell you, I'll be honest. I spent the first trimester using Evernote. Um, and I could type just about as fast as my professor could talk. So I ended up having, what was in effect just a transcript of everything that was said in class, <laughs> which made no difference. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was not a good thing to have. So I switched to just taking handwritten notes and that worked way, 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 way better. I also take handwritten notes. I think Evernote can be good for organizing stuff. And if you scan notes in, that might be helpful, but um, 
Yeah. I, I'm not a very good note taker, to be honest. So I don't have a lot of good advice. I just, um, usually double check. I guess I have advice for people who are not good note takers, <laughs> which is that, you know, you can reference other people's outlines to make sure that you're on the right track and to like know what the class is about. So mm. you're not, you know, you're not alone. You can, as long as it's okay with your school's honor code, our school like shares an outline bank and it is not against the honor code to use someone else's outline at the end of the semester, unless the professor says only use material that you made. So, which I've had one exam like that and I didn't even have enough, you know, space to, or time to use someone else's outline. Right. Well, since we're on the topic of outlining, that leads me to my second to last point, which is for outlining, I think everyone is different, um, much like note taking. But now that I've been around the block a few times, I can tell you that I find the most effective thing. And I know that Billy agrees with me because we explicitly talked about this when we hung out in Charlotte. Nerds. Ner- nerds. The most effective thing for Billy and I is to sit down and just sort of relearn the material as you're outlining. So you're basically using your outline as a learning moment rather than like an ongoing log of the content that you have processed. So like I make my outline probably two weeks before the final because the act of getting it all together in one place jogs my memory and alerts me to the gaps that I have in my knowledge. The pros of this is that you, you don't spend any time in the trimester outlining, which I like because it's just another thing you have to do. Um, another pro is that you solidify the knowledge as you go. So like, as you're making the outline, this is going to be your second, third or fourth pass at this information. Um, so it's just another touch of it. And it's just the more times you, you interact with an idea, a concept, any material, the more likely you are to be able to recall it later. Um, so in that, in those ways, I think outlining, uh, as a learning tool is a, is a good thing. There are cons, which are, first of all, if you don't take diligent notes during class, you may be having to, in the 11th hour, rely heavily on somebody else's material, somebody else's notes, somebody else's outline to make your own. And that's probably not a great scenario. Right. Right. Um, yeah. If you're, if you're at the end of the semester and you are like me and you didn't take, you're not that great at taking notes and you're using someone else's outline, the thing that you do with that outline is not make a new outline what you do with it is take a lot of practice tests using it so that you get familiar with it figure mm. out where the gaps are and get used to taking a test just like with studying for the LSAT so wow I love that that's such a good recommendation using an outline and then taking practice tests with that outline that's a great yeah. way to kind of like plug the gap in knowledge oh yeah yeah um Anyway, oh, I had one more recommendation, and Lydia, I'm going to lean a little little on you here. Okay. Um, so this last trimester of law school that I had in the spring, 
Lydia recommended to me a bank of outlines that she found in a Reddit forum created by a UNC student, law student. Yes. And I used to have the link to it in a note on my desktop, but I will say this person has compiled all of these beautiful, brilliant flow charts for every 1L concept and then a bunch of like 2 and 3L stuff. Lydia, yeah. do you remember what it's called? Um, I can find out. One second. Oh my God, it's so good. I'm As you look. UNC Reddit Law Flow Chart 1L. Okay, hold on. Okay, if you search for the weary 1L, comma, here are all of my first year flow charts. That is the name of the Reddit post. And then there's another one quote, weary 1L, end quote, flowcharts dump update new 2L and 3L charts. That's a separate post for 2L and 3L. So just rewind this podcast 15 seconds if you need to write that down, but that's what it is. And bless, they're a little old, but the law doesn't change that much. Um, so if you're a visual learner, they're really, really good. You can use those to do practice exams too. Yeah, they got this flowchart got me through con law. I shouldn't say got me through. I really enjoyed con law, but this, this yeah. flow chart like really made a lot of the very difficult concepts. Um, especially with con law, there are so many case names that you have to know Ooh, Yeah, because there's seminal cases. So like the flow charts really, really help. So check those I, out. I think that they were really helpful for me for evidence and for trust in estates. The classes where they're really rule-based, I think it's great because it's like the flow of like, does this apply? Yes or no? If yes, this. If no, that. It's like, you know, almost like computer science. <laughs> right. Um, and Salad I have robot one new almost. recommendation. <laughs> oh, A new please. recommendation that you've never heard on this podcast before, friends. I'm a little late oh. to the party. This has been advertised heavily to me before. But there's an app. It's a little expensive, but I sprung for it. It's called Speechify. And you all know I like listening to my textbooks, and I've already complained about my new app for that. But a lot of classes will have, like, PDFs that you have to read, um, or you'll, like, have a case that you download from Lexis that you have to read. If you're just really, like, getting burnt out um, as the semester begins, just try, like, listening to some of your readings instead of reading it on paper, like if your neck is sore from bending down or whatever. Um, Speechify, I just really like the voice. It's really easy to change the speed. And like based on what speed you put it on, it tells you exactly how long it's going to take to listen to it, which the other things I've used and like mentioned on the podcast before do not do. Are you playing it right now? I was, as you oh, were talking, okay. I was downloading Speechify and then I realized it was talking to me and I was like, whoop. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm um, all about this. You can use it offline. If you minimize the app, it will continue to read to you. And I had, for my jurisprudence seminar, a scan. Our reading that was given to us was a PDF that had like, you know, when you open up a book and you scan the page and it has both sides of the page. I was like, oh, uh -huh. no, what's it going to do? But it understood like to read the left side as one page and then read the right side as the next page. Oh. And the only thing that it has done, like my textbook software 
when you get to like our EV period for review, like Harvard Law Review, it always pronounces it as reverend. It'll say Harvard Law <laughs> and I think it's really funny. Um, but it doesn't do that. The only thing it messes up is Roman numerals. So I was listening to this and it was talking about World War Eleven, and I was like, fuck. Wow. But it was about World War Two, but the two was in Roman numerals. Um, so that's the only thing, but like, it's a very good robot. And it's like, I'm going to just go on a walk. I'm going to go on a 40 minute walk because that's exactly how long this reading is going to take, you know, and you're not, you're not briefing it while you're reading. So that's the, this contradicts Megan's advice, but much better for if you get one of those handouts in the beginning of class, that's like, what is the nature of property? You know, like you don't need to brief that just, just listen to it and just pull your eyes from the page of the screen. That's my recommendation. Well, I would also say too, um, if you are a 1L who wants to use Speechify and you're like, crap, Megan said to brief every case and Lydia's saying, listen to things and don't brief. <laughs> I would suggest doing both, especially if you have some sort of commute, like you can read the case, you know, with yeah. your eyeballs and brief it. And then on your commute, you can listen to it back. And the chances of you just absolutely slaying your cold call, hi, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. also, sorry to contradict you again, but whoa, don't mean anything. And don't factor into your grade. So try, but like, don't try at the expense of other things like, um, like studying for exams or your mental health or <laughs> et cetera. Fair enough. Well, my friend, we have rambled on for an hour and 17 minutes. Wow. We, are, we are pushing our longest ever episode. Let's get to more regular podcasts and then, you know, we won't have as much to update each other on. That's right. Back to our weekly bullshit. Yeah. Let's get back to our weekly bullshit. <laughs> I love it. On that note, okay. I will see you virtually via our voices next week. Uh, bye everyone. Bye. Goodbye. Loyal bye followers care. and hey, happy bye. first weeks of school. Yeah.